Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul and my co-host Justin Baker and I will yet again rank another National Hockey League's top 10 players of all times. And this week we start and finish with the New Jersey Devils. And uh, this uh, this was a this was a fun one actually. I, I actually made this list and got to about eight or nine before I even had to consult any kind of statistics. And then I went back and like made a few adjustments. But I felt like I knew this team pretty well. Yeah, I I had a, a definitely a tougher time when you when you talk about maybe like eight through ten and some of my just missed people because like you could literally shuffle any of those five or six people I have. And feel comfortable putting them in there. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I really had to dig a little deeper. And, you know, growing up, I always had a, a little bit of a hatred for the New Jersey Devils. So it made it even harder to put some of these names on this list, given uh, what they did to my Red Wings back in 95. Oh, well, I mean, I think everybody hates this team. <laughs> Unless you're a Devils fan. you, I mean, they, they did the same thing to the Leafs in the early 2000s. They beat them two times in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, they were... And, and they were just, it was horrible. Like, one game against the Leafs, uh, in the playoffs, uh, the Leafs had six shots on goal. Disgusting. <laughs> it's the lowest amount of shots on goal ever in an NHL game, and it was in, I believe, a game seven. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it was It was horrendous. And uh, and it was in the second round of the playoffs. It's not like you're a one, a one and an eight, and you have to be blowing the team away. It was... That was probably the worst game I've ever seen in my life. Uh, at least as a as a Leafs fan, <laughs> the most impressive defensive display of all time. And you wonder why Martin Brodeur had so many shutouts. Well, one right. of them, he only made six saves, and he got a shutout. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Uh, with that said, let's go to our just missed. Oh, and, and by the way, if you haven't heard our other uh, rankings of other teams, we're almost done. We, we only have four teams after this, so there's a good chance that your favorite team's somewhere in our list. You just subscribe and go back and find those episodes. They're all available for you. And with that said, let's hit our just missed. Justin, who do you uh, who narrowly missed your top ten? Three big names for you. Uh, first, maybe a little bit, maybe easier of the the three to to leave off because he didn't spend a ton of time with the Devils, but Zach Parise. Yeah, I also uh, have him on a just missed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I've got uh, Mr. Holik and Mr. Zajac on my just missed. Okay. Yeah. I honestly didn't even. I actually I started typing Travis Zajac and I said, "No, he he's done nothing. He doesn't deserve to be on this list. He just happened <laughs> to play for them for a long time. That, that's really it." There you go. Um, I. I have uh, on my just missed as well as Parise. I have Bruce Driver, who is the third all-time scorer for the New Jersey Devils, and I also have uh, Jason Arnett, and then uh, Taylor Hall. I have a, a few a few names. Taylor Hall I put on there because I, I think he probably has the best individual season, not points wise. Uh, that points wise goes to uh, I believe it's. Some someone in the in the nineties. I uh, now I can't remember. I got to pull up those stats, uh, but he has the most points per game in a season. So uh, I think that it's worth noting he did have one of the best seasons in in the history of the New Jersey Devils. So I'm willing to stick him on the just missed. I can't really blame you. I thought about it, 
and really wanted to put him on my list. I mean, you look at the guy, he had the only heart trophy this franchise has ever seen. Yep. yep. Um, so it, w- it was very difficult, but unfortunately he only spent three seasons there. So made it a little bit hard for me. All right. Well, with that said, let's go to, uh, let's go to our top 10. Who's your number 10? Yeah, number 10 is a guy I hated when he played for both of these franchises, one being the New Jersey Devils, and that is Claude Lemieux. Um, All right, Claude Lemieux. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at, you know, his abilities, both as an agitator and a goal scorer, he was he was definitely um, a very important cog in this New Jersey's Devil wheel early on in the 90s, and obviously a big key in why they won, won the cup there in, uh, you know, in 90, <clears throat> excuse me, in 95 and scoring 13 goals in 20 games. And uh, personally, I, I would have maybe given the the award to Martin Brodeur at the time. But uh, Claude Demi obviously gets the consmite there for that that Stanley Cup. And then, oddly enough, goes on and wins it again next year in Colorado. So, Well, oh, yes, the Stanley Cup, yes. yes. Right, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Claude Lemieux also, uh, he is my, he's my number 10 as well. So uh, that... That works out well. Um, <laughs> I mean, he the the funny thing is the year that he won the uh, the Conn Smythe Trophy, he only had sixteen points in the playoffs. I mean, it's yeah, not like there there were three or four guys ahead of him on the scoring sheet just for the Devils, let alone the Red Wings. Uh, of course, you weren't giving a Red Wing the Conn Smythe Trophy for getting swept in the finals, uh, but I mean there were. There were guys with more points than than Lemieux. Uh, Thirteen goals—that's that's impressive. That led the team. But I mean, sixteen points in twenty games. When the year before and the year after, the guy who wins the Conn Smythe had over thirty points. <laughs> this is crazy. That's yeah, like an all-out defensive uh, defensive game. Of course, it was the Devils. Uh, but yeah, he—I mean—he also had a. He had a better playoff the year before. They didn't win the cup. Uh, they didn't even go to the Stanley Cup Finals. They were in the conference finals. But he had he actually had 18 points in 20 games in uh, in 93-94. So also another really nice playoff for the Devil. He he always showed up in the playoffs. He never uh, he always always scored a couple goals at least. But usually had you know his lowest other than a two goal season. His lowest was two a couple four goals in the playoffs. So. He definitely knew how to show up in the playoffs. So, uh, okay, well that equals the same number ten. So let's go to number nine. Yeah, number nine for me is a hometown boy here in Michigan. That's Brian Rafalski. Okay, you got Brian. Yeah, I have Brian Rafalski a little bit higher. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Probably. I mean, you know, honestly, it's weird. You look at his career numbers, right, and you think for as well as he played. Throughout the seasons he was there with New Jersey and Detroit, right? He didn't actually get started till he was 26. I mean, that's that's crazy to me. And um, you think about it when he, he came in in 99, 2000, and obviously, you know, kind of exploded. And to me, he's been one of the more underrated offensive defensemen and, well, I guess maybe you could say two-way defensemen that this franchise has ever really had. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, he was, he was so underrated, too. I mean, he just... You know, you happen to be playing on the same team as Scott Niedermeyer and Scott Stevens, guys that will right. appear higher on this list. Uh, I mean, really, there was it was. It's tough to find a team with three defensemen that are that good 
even in the history of the National Hockey League, there's very few teams that could match that top three, uh, especially in terms of Stanley Cup winners. And he won two cups with them. So, yeah, and I, I remember uh, specifically when he came to Detroit. I can't remember what season. I think it was 2008, but the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, same thing as New Jersey, right? They had Rafalski, Cronwall, and Lindstrom, three guys with over 50 points each. And uh, you know, you you talk about teams with three prominent, really good defensemen, and it's it's again, it's kind of a rare deal. And they they were fortunate enough to be a, a big defensive team, but have three guys that could really do it on both ends of the ice. Yeah. Uh, also, the year, so his rookie season, of course, they win the Stanley Cup. He's got eight points in the 23 playoff games. The following year where they lose to Colorado in that game seven, uh, he's got 18 points in 25 games, which is a, an impressive number uh, when you consider he's a defenseman on top of that, when you consider the fact that those Devils teams didn't score ever <laughs> and, right. and no one scored against them. So, yeah, it was... Uh, he he was incredibly underrated. He definitely, if if we're making a list of underrated players, it's like Zach, uh, he's Brian Rafalski is definitely on that list. Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, so yeah, he I've got him a little bit higher. My number nine is a guy who, uh, in terms of all time scoring for the New Jersey Devils, he sits fourth, five hundred and twenty points in five hundred and fifty six games for the Devils, and it is Kirk Muller. Uh, he had some fantastic seasons for this team, not only putting up big numbers. I mean, he No one has ever scored 100 points for this team, which is marginally surprising. I know they were really bad in the 80s, but uh, it seemed like everyone was getting 100 points, so you'd think somebody right. would. Uh, he, had a, he had a 94 and an 86-point season, uh, several 30-goal seasons for this team, but uh, also put up you know, over a hundred penalty minutes a couple of times. He definitely was your like all around really good defensive center. And, uh, he just, you know, I think before the devils were the devils, he was playing that way, but also putting up big points. Unfortunately, they didn't really make the playoffs very much, but in, uh, 87, 88, they did go to the conference finals and, uh, he put up some big numbers for them, but, I think Kirk Muller, there's got to be some throwback to that team from the 80s before they won all their Stanley Cups. And uh, he's he's a guy on my list. He's really, I think, the only one on my list that didn't win a Stanley Cup for the Devils. So had to had to toss him in there. Yeah, can't blame you. I think he, uh, he as well is the only one on my list that didn't win a cup with that franchise. And uh, 935 points per game is the third best all time and he it's also like the other guys around him played 200 100 games so uh, he definitely was very very consistent through his career there as well yep. uh, let's go number eight number eight for me a uh a prominent center for this franchise for quite a few years until like many of the um well probably a couple other guys on this list uh got paid a little bit more money to go uh you know across the pond to he went to the rangers uh, didn't he the rangers yeah <laughs> that's scott gomez <laughs> that's scott gomez he also is my number eight so okay wonderful yeah um i mean this guy he wasn't much of a goal scorer outside of one random 30 goal season which was just surprising to me uh, never scored more than 20 any other season but uh, yeah, I mean, he was just a steady, steady center for this franchise. Played the game. He was speedy. He had good hands. And, 
Uh, but he had know. a he had a ton of assists. I mean, he had. Oh a, yeah. Other than a a little blip where he only had thirty eight assists in seventy six games, he always had more than forty or fifty assists. I mean, for for just a long, long time, he was uh, he definitely knew knew what he was doing in terms of dishing the puck. Uh, he he just didn't really shoot very much. I mean, his his shooting percentage uh, wasn't wasn't that bad all the time, but he just he didn't really shoot all that often. So uh, he also had a proclivity for the ECHL. Couple, he played he played in the ECHL twice during both lockouts. I don't know why I decided to point that out, but I did. <laughs> Uh, the guy goes to the Alaska Aces in the ACHL, and uh, in 61 games, he only put up 86 points. He, uh, the guy goes to the ECHL and scores 13 goals in the ECHL in 61 games. Then the following year in the NHL, in 82 games, he scores 33 goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, first off, he, he is from Alaska, right? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But why couldn't um, so, he score in a league yeah, that I, is so much lower? <laughs> it's That's weird. But, yeah, I mean, he, he wins those two Stanley Cups for the Devils and really was like, he was their, he kind of was their third line center, but he was just so important. He killed penalties. He played the Devils way. And I, I, I remember in 98 watching the draft and the Devils, or of course, you know they're drafting low in the draft because they were always competitive. They drafted twenty seventh overall, and I remember when they drafted them, that people were going, "Who is this guy?" Like they they actually didn't have him on any any list in for the first round. Like nobody had him in the first round, and and I remember guys going, "Whoa, this is a this is a really funky pick," and of course it it all ended up. Being a very good pick, and that that actually was the he was the last pick of the first round. There was only twenty seven picks in the first round that that year, but I mean it was obviously a good pick. There were very few guys after that. If you go look at the ninety eight draft, uh, any guys within ten fifteen picks of him, uh, the next best one's Mike Fisher at forty four. So they definitely made a good pick. Also, I mean the guys before it, other than Simon Gagne, really. Not many guys worked out there either, so the Devils get the last laugh. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's do our number seven. Yeah, seven, seven for me is a guy um, you've already talked about a little bit. That's Kurt Muller, um, former captain of the New Jersey Devils in the in the early the bad eighty years of this franchise when they really didn't have a lot of success and fortunate enough to you know win a Stanley Cup. At least once in his career, right with uh, uh, Montreal, right? Yeah, with Montreal. Like you said, the only guy on the list that really didn't uh, win a cup with the Devils. But this guy sits fourth all time in franchise scoring, so it's kind of hard to leave him off the list. Um, you know how important he was to the Devils early on in their their franchise tenure after they left Colorado. Yes, uh, and he was there. He was like a second overall pick for them in in '94. So that's uh, yeah, obviously a. A big pick. I mean, they they have two two really good drafts. I mean, in '84 they picked Kirk Muller, and uh, and then in '83, the year before, they pick a guy that I have a little bit later on my list. So they they did a good job drafting. It just you know the the rest of the team sucked. At least they did a good <laughs> first round drafting. Um, okay, my number seven is the guy who has played the most games in 
Devil's History, and that is a defenseman, a guy who puts up hardly any points. He's basically the Brooks Orpic of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, well in, said. In uh, 1,283 games, he scored but 36 times. <laughs> Just to put that into perspective, in about the same amount of games, Martin Brodeur scored two times. <laughs> so, I mean, he he really didn't score that much more than Martin Brodeur. <laughs> yeah, he actually had a run of three straight seasons towards the end of his career, not scoring a single goal. Yeah, see, he, like, was, he was the Brooks pick. Yeah, how deflating is that? Like, after one year, you don't score a goal, okay? Like, some defensemen, I get it, but then you go and do it a second and third year. Like, you got to just feel terrible. He scored... An average of or his goals per game is point zero two eight. Broders is point zero zero two. So, <laughs> hey, uh, and and in terms of assists, he got one hundred and forty two assists. I know this sounds like we're just smashing Ken Danico, but it's just funny because he wasn't a point guy at all. Uh, forty. He had one hundred and forty two assists in in less games. Broder had forty five assists. <laughs> just just funny. Uh, okay, so he also is the franchise leader in penalty minutes. He has 2,519 penalty minutes. So uh, Ken Danico, just kind of your like incredibly steady top four defenseman for the bulk of his career. Uh, he's he's on the Devils forever. I mean, he, he came to the Devils when they were just terrible. I mean, he had four straight seasons of... Of over 219 penalty minutes. And then he drops to 170, goes back up to 236. Uh, I mean, the guy, he was a bruiser. He kind of embodied, it, it was like the Devils were primed and ready for Scott Stevens because of Kendanico. Uh I mean, he, he just played the Devils' way long before the Devils were this defensive staunch of a team. And I, I think he just, he was there forever. You can't you can't not have him on this list. Uh, when you think of his his face, you know you just he's a devil. So I, I think he he belongs on this list as much as anybody else. And uh, definitely not like he's not going to the Hall of Fame, nothing like that. But he's he was just a steady, solid defenseman for pretty much his entire career, even even down to his final year in two thousand two, two thousand three. Still a good, solid defenseman. Actually put up the most points that he had put up in, in a while. Uh, but just always, always solid back there. Yeah, yeah. Can't disagree with that. That's why he is my number six on this list. Okay, number six. Uh, Brian Rafalski is my number six. Okay. So I know we've we've run through Brian Rafalski quite a bit. The, re- the reason I have him uh, ahead of a Ken Danico, uh, whereas you, know, you have Rafalski a little bit lower, I'm... I based Rafalski, I think, was actually ironically they were they were defensive partners for a while, uh, but I just think that Rafalski, in terms of talent, was so good. Uh, I mean, obviously overshadowed by the other two great defensemen that have played for this team, but I I think that he is the third best defenseman to play for this team, and he is like a well above any other guy who is who is below him. Uh, for this franchise. I, I think that Brian Rafalski, I mean, he, he proved it by going to Detroit and really being the, like, 
the other guy with Nicholas Lidstrom. He really never right. got to go anywhere to be the guy. But, I mean, some guys just play really, really, really well as the, like, as that second second guy. And he just, oh, you could always rely on him. He was similar that he wasn't going to make huge mistakes and he could move the puck. And uh, even though he didn't put up huge numbers all the time, he just, he always could move the puck and, and, create offense maybe didn't get the points but definitely created offense yeah can't argue with that um okay so you had you had danico at six um talk to me about why you had him that high yeah i i guess you when you just look at like what this guy was to a franchise like the devils right they don't have a ton of guys who i mean like outside of marty brodeur and Patrick Eliash, there's no one else on this list that's played over a thousand games for this franchise. And just the fact that even though he wasn't a point producer, the fact that he had a tenure so long just showed how good he was, how rock solid he was back there, and what he really meant to this franchise and what he brought to you know brought to the ice every single night. All right. Well, Ranker has him ranked fifth. If that gives you uh, wow. an idea. I mean, generally, I don't if you've ever been to Ranker.com. Uh, it's you know it's people who are fans of the team are going in and they're ranking these players. So uh, I think it's safe to say Ken Danico, deep in the hearts of New Jersey Devils fans. On to number five. Who do you got number five? Number five for me is a guy who is second all-time in scoring for this team. Scored the infamous overtime goal against the Chicago Blackhawks to send this franchise to their first ever playoff. Uh, in 1988, and that is John McClain. All right, I also have John McClain at number five. He's also right. the third has the third most penalty minutes in team history. Yeah, he did have quite a long tenure, almost a thousand games, uh, just a little above 900, but still managed to put over 347 goals on the on the score sheet. I think he's second only behind uh, Patrick Aliash in terms of goal scoring for a franchise that honestly didn't score a lot of goals and. Uh, that's why you you don't have any you know any you only have two guys honestly that have scored more than 250 goals for this franchise and which is just crazy yeah i know i know when you look at the you know you sort everything by goals and you look at you go from the top and it just falls out really fast <laughs> right. uh but yeah john mclean i mean he he had some of the best seasons for this team he had a 45 goal season in 1991 uh and and was just a very consistent point producer. Uh, I mean, of course, over the course of his entire career, he ends up playing almost 1,200 games. So definitely a guy who uh, lasted a long, long time. Another first-round pick for the New Jersey Devils. He's who I was talking about was uh, taken the year before Kirk Muller. So not bad. John McClain and then Kirk Muller the following year. Uh, I think anybody will take two drafts in a row Having guys that are potential top ten players to ever play for your team—that's a—that's a pretty good bet. Uh, okay, into the top four. I think we're gonna have relatively similar top fours. My guess. Uh, this this team just everything lays out very nicely for the Devils. But uh, let's let's see if we have anything different. Who's your number four? Uh, Patrick Eliash. Yeah, yeah. I've got Patrick Patrick Eliash at number four as well. Probably. Maybe the most, uh, the most, like the unsung hero of the Devils, because obviously they needed a forward who would score goals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they needed somebody who could score, 
And he was the guy. He scored 408 times for them in the in the regular season and uh, over 1,000 points, but kind of takes a back seat to the, the three guys ahead of him, but was, uh, was incredibly talented in his own right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I mean, we... You know, we talk about the lack of goal scoring this this franchise has in terms of guys that just never really seem to do it. And he he was just steady every year. He could give you twenty five to forty goals without blinking an eye, and just he he went about his business quiet, right? He wasn't a bruiser or a guy that went around and really you know threw up a lot of penalty minutes, but he just quietly went about his business and did it well. Yeah, and uh, in I mean, he has by far the most playoff points as well most goals in the playoffs, most assists in the playoffs. I mean, he's he has been with this team through pretty much everything. I mean, he he won two Stanley Cups. He wasn't there for the for the first one in 95, but uh yeah, Patrick Eliash just was always always dangerous and was a freaking Leafs killer. And uh, <laughs> so for that, I don't think I can ever forgive him. Okay. But he was the he was the one guy on the team that you weren't scared of in terms of him ending your life <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh, so all right uh into the top three let's do it yeah this will be interesting I, i'm curious to where you have a couple guys here um so I'm, I'm gonna actually let you go first here with number three okay so my number three i went with scott stevens stevens okay yes uh i mean it's such a toss-up between these three guys uh but Ultimately, I go with Scott Stevens. I think that, well, he, man, it's it's hard because he he really is the he was the face. I mean, Scott Stevens was the guy that you you dumped your shorts every time he was on the ice, and he, <laughs> like you knew he like he he literally ended people's careers. He Ask ended Paul Korea. Paul Korea. I mean, he Eric Lindros. Like there were some. I mean. uh Slava Kozlov on the red way. Like there were some unbelievable hits that guys were never the same after he hit them. Granted, if he played now, he would he he would go the way of Rafi Torres. He would never be able to play the way that he plays now. Because he, it just wouldn't happen. I mean, he, he hit people in the head all day long. That's all he did. He targeted the head all day long, which it was allowed then, so it's you know, I mean we we can't we can't necessarily hold that against him. Although he probably should have been thinking, "I'm killing people," but hey, that's uh, <laughs> it's none of my business. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's him at number three. I think is appropriate. I mean, he's a, he was the captain for for those uh, those Stanley Cup wins. He he was he was amazing. And, and I mean. And and he was he was a guy who put up huge points early in his career, and then became this like total shutdown stay at home guy later. Uh, and and I think that goes to show how talented he really was that he could he could adjust the way that he played and his style and uh, his impact on the ice. Uh, but ultimately, in terms of pure talent, I had to put him at number three because I think the two guys ahead of him on the list are some generational talents. Okay. Yeah. I have at number three, Scott Niedermeyer. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think he is a generational talent when you talk about defensemen, right? Um, the only difference for me is when I, when I think of what the devils are, you know, what 
their type of hockey is. Scott Stevens fit that mold a lot more for me than a guy like Scott Niedermeyer. Uh, but I will I will say that I do think in terms of pure talent, Scott Niedermeyer is a far more talented defenseman than Scott Stevens was. But just Stevens played that devil's way. He just was a bruiser. He was everything that this franchise was. And, uh, you know, Scott Niedermeyer, of course, we know went on to play with the Ducks, had some success there. And, uh, you know, wasn't too shabby in his time with the Devils, for sure. Um, you know, obviously, Niedermeyer finishes with a, a few more points than Stevens. But ultimately, I, I put Niedermeyer at number three. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Niedermeyer was just the guy putting up all the points. <laughs> he, needed, <Yeah. laughs> he needed somebody to put up points, and uh, he, he certainly was that. He, I mean, and Niedermeyer is a guy who was, he was with the Devils for every Stanley Cup that they won. Uh so that's, uh, yeah, that's, you know, the one thing that I, that I realized that this list doesn't really have, and the Devils went to the Stanley Cup finals in 2013, and I actually don't really have anybody from the Devils during that time. That, that would be the Zach Parise. I mean, he's the one who missed it. I guess Broder, Broder was there, and that, and that would right. be it. But, uh, yeah, it's funny. That team goes to the Stanley Cup finals. But they really had a lot of forgetful players, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're, you could talk about Kovalchuk and Parise, but outside of that, I mean, yeah, I thought it, but right? they just didn't play there long enough. Like that team just kind of fell apart quickly, uh, yeah. which is probably why the Devils are where they are right now in real life. Uh, okay, <laughs> so you've got Niedermeyer at two, three. Obviously, you've got Stevens at two. I do. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> All right. This make it, I mean, this is your one chance to stick a goaltender at the top. Well, I've already done that with Dominic Kashuk, but uh, true, that's two in a row. It's two sta- in a row. Starting to get a little bias. If you <laughs> ask me. Uh, we just so happen to rank teams with like the two best goalies of the '90s outside of Patrick Waugh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Our number one is Martin Brodeur, and uh, I mean, he has. 500 or I'm sorry 470 70 more wins than the next guy <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> oh wait no am I might no it is it's five it's 570, 570. Yeah. so he has more like in terms of how many wins the next guy has he has so many wins that no one else has a win in nobody else has that many wins in the history of but Patrick Watt has 600. But I think he's the only one, right? Yep. Oh. Just insane. And he's faced almost yeah. nearly 22,000 more shots than any other goaltender. Yeah. Uh, def- like, by far has the most. I mean, three of his wins did come from uh, the St. Louis Blues, but 691 wins, which is 140 more than Waugh. Uh, and then the next is Luongo at 489, Belfour 484, and then Flurry 466. He's still adding to that. And so is Lungfist at 459. But just, uh, I mean, nobody's going to touch it. The two goalies that are still active and have had phenomenal Hall of Fame careers are still 250 wins lower than them, pretty much. Uh, and and I mean now nobody will touch that record because of the way that 
the way that uh, goaltenders are used, and you'd much rather play a guy 55 games. Whereas in 06 07, Broder played 78 games. <laughs> he had a stretch of, games. man, I mean, literally 12 seasons outside of 08 09 where he played 70 plus games. And, and weren't like, and only two of those years he actually played 70. Right. He, he played, in his career, he played 78 games once, 77 games three times, 75 games. Like, it's just insane how many games he played. And then, of course, later, like, he, he starts to, uh, you know, starts to play fewer and fewer games. Uh, but what an, what an unbelievable career. I mean, the guy just, it was, it was like every year he was just winning more games. Than, he was breaking his own record for wins in a year. And in 06, 07, he ends up with 48 wins. Just, Insane. Just phenomenal. Yeah, and, and you look at it, right? You, you talk about the way teams use goalies now, right? With You know, you, you'll see 50, 60 games at most for a starting goaltender now. And, I, I mean, the way the league is set up now, too, with, with the salary cap, it's going to be very hard for teams to be competitive for 10 to 15 year stretches like the Devils were there from the 90s to early 2000s. Uh, yeah, in 0203, he actually played 97 games that year because of the playoffs as well. Which is <laughs> crazy. 0102, yeah, 0102, they, they lose in the first round. Uh, in 2000, 2001, he played 97 games. I mean, and the year before that, 99, he played 95 games. <laughs> so it's not even, it's not like he just played the regular season and then that was it. Like he goes and wins the cup. So he plays a ton of, ton more games and was equally as good. I mean, he played in, in a 2000, 2001, he plays 72 games, a 232 goals against and a 906 save percentage. That's just because they didn't get very many shots against them. Like his save percentage is definitely a little bit lower sometimes than you would expect. But I think the reason why is because he, he didn't have as many shots on him in like per game. Right. When you're seeing 16 shots a game, but you let in two goals, I mean, yeah, your, your save percentage is going to suffer, but you know, the devils could pull out those three to two wins. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, then he, I mean, really the year they won the Stanley Cup, he had a 207 goals against and an 897 save percentage <laughs> under 90%. And then the next year, he's got 142 goals against and a 938 save percentage, and they lose in the first round. Yeah. Just weird. Word. Uh, all right. Well, that's our New Jersey Devils list. Let us know what you thought. Hit us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. And uh, I think we have four teams left to go. The Arizona Coyotes, the Calgary Flames. Or no, 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 I'm sorry, three. I was counting the New Jersey Devils. Uh, oh. And then the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, Justin, who do you, who do you want to do next? Let's go with the Blue Jackets. All right, Columbus Blue Jackets, the, one of the younger teams in the National Hockey League. We will do them next. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys when we do that. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>